0: Be my action hero. Learn how you can take action at actionforhealthykids.org.
1: The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Growth Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Grove Point Financial and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies, and folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And good morning, and welcome to Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom
2: King, joined by Merle Kelch, who is on location today. Obvious, uh, that location is his easy chair, apparently.
0: You want to? It is. It is indeed. <laughs> you want to tell him the story? Oh, geez, you know, folks, I woke up this morning at uh, a little bit after four. Getting ready for the show, I figure, well, I'll get up, I'll have a little toast, have some coffee. Sitting in my chair, saying, well, i got you know about 20 minutes to go before I have to leave, and I fell asleep in my chair. Indeed. So, here I am, not in the studio, but nonetheless, we are here, we are live, we are ready to go. On this beautiful morning.
2: Right. You can take your phone call 715-845-2155. If you have a question about your portfolio, today would be the day to get it answered. I'm reading an interesting line here. I don't think I've ever heard this line. It says, if Santa doesn't call, bears may come to broad and wall. Apparently, the Santa Rally is a thing here at the end of the year on Wall Street. Uh, and if the Santa Rally doesn't happen, the experts say that uh, it may become a bear market coming into 2022. What do you say?
0: Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that pops up. Uh, there's, you know, so goes the first week of the year, goes the rest of it, go, however goes the first month goes the rest of the year, there's a bunch of those that pop in. Um, but it appears as though the Christmas season is going to be absolutely phenomenal as far as the return goes. So uh, I'm sorry, as far as uh, uh, selling goes. So I think this to be great.
2: We do have some volatility still in the market as we head into the uh, Christmas week when uh, we're still talking about the Fed. We're still talking about their decision on interest rates. We're still talking about inflation. We're still talking about gas prices, which have come down in the last couple of weeks and are expected mm-hmm. to come down even more. And as we, uh, you've said in the past, Higher gas prices act like a tax, so lower gas prices, I would assume, act like a, a tax cut.
0: A couple of bucks, more bucks in our pocket. You've got it. Yeah. You know. So, so in here, oh, by the way, I've I've got a, a a diesel truck, and I'm holding off to fill up and just until the gas price comes out. Or fuel price comes out a little bit more. It's going to be great. So, um, anyway, in here, you know, the fuel prices are uh, one of the big components of what it's inflation what we're having. So the inflation that we're having largely is automobile costs, energy costs, housing costs, and, of course, food. So if we look at this, then, um, the fuel prices go directly into uh, the fueling, uh, food prices. So as the fuel prices come down, we see the food prices come down. And hopefully that has an effect on the rest of it as well. Um, so uh, And again, as you said, puts money in our pockets.
2: I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, car stocks, automobile stocks, because uh, we've had some interesting news coming out of some of the uh, automobile manufacturers. I think the uh, the word last week from Ford is that uh, they are upping the production of their electric Mustang because they've got so many orders they can't keep up. And so they're they're upping it to like 200,000 units in the next uh, year or two. Uh, and... Uh, a couple of the other car manufacturers have said they're going to switch over to all EV vehicles by what did they say, 2030, something like that. Um, so, uh, car stocks as a as a sector of the economy, what's your take at this point in time?
0: Well, I think it's a uh, well, it's been a pretty good buy through the course of this past year. Uh, we saw Ford stock just do some brilliant stuff. Um, I have not follow-up on the rest of this CF, but certainly we've seen Tesla take off incredibly. So I think having car stock is a great idea. Um, I like the EVs because I believe, Tom, that uh, the electrical vehicle marketplace actually has more margin to it than the gas cars. I think I'm right on that. And so with that, we should see the stock uh, – I'm sorry, the car manufacturers actually have uh, better margins and hopefully see their stock prices go up even further still. Now, what I can continue to find um, is, I, I, I said before, I like the idea of having a uh, EV stock, I'm sorry, an EV car, um, but I don't think that's going to be the cure And uh, So that'd be the place that I would start looking at um, uh, as far as who's doing the best hydrogen, and I'd look at that for a car manufacturer over the course of the next five or ten years, and that's just my opinion, of course, um, but uh, I think I'd do that. Now, here's what I'm saying it. Uh, One of the common, oh, not commentaries, but uh, what's the people who talk on TV? Where'd my my head go here, Tom? So uh, one of the talking heads on CBC said he was going to get rid of his Mustang EV that he had. And he, of course, lives downtown in New York City. And he said, I love the car. The acceleration is fun. It's great. But I don't have any place to plug it in. And I think we're going to see that in a lot of larger cities.
2: What do you care about acceleration if you are trying to drive a car in New York City anywhere? Where are you going to be able to accelerate it?
0: Well, I'm not sure, but he seems to like it. <laughs> um, but, you know, his, his whole thing is that uh, uh, he said, you know, I only get 200 miles in the winter time, 300 in the summertime, and it's charge. And then he just has no place to recharge. It. Well, I think a, a, so. a,
2: a part of the, and I know you don't like it, but a part of the Build Back Better program is uh, a huge increase in charging stations around the country.
0: Because yeah, well, I, I can understand that. I think let the free market do that place. You know, make it so that you can pull up and find a nice place uh, uh, next to Quick Trip. And so you have their compressed natural gas, you have your gasoline, your diesel, and you have a charging station off to the side. I just think let the free market do it. They're going to do it a lot better than having the government do it. My opinion on that. But I don't think they're going to be able to get enough charging stations out there um, to uh, make a difference, uh, uh, especially inside of the congested larger cities. Why? Why not? I just don't think they're going to get enough of it done. Um, you know, the infrastructure for putting the wires in for these charging stations. Now, the rapid charging stations, you need 480 volts. Um, I was just actually looking online with Tesla and thinking to myself, well, you know, if Merle bought a Tesla, what's Merle going to need for a charging station? You need 280 volts. And, Tom, there's not a lot of garages out there that had that stuff built into it. So now, not only try to do that inside of her home, but now try to do it in periodic charging stations along the road of cars parked in the street of a larger, congested city. Uh, I think doing so is going to be enormously difficult to do so.
2: Have we gotten to the point where we are so frustrated when technology doesn't meet our wants and needs? We become so spoiled. I I use cellular phones as a a perfect example. I get so totally annoyed these days when I go somewhere and I don't have cell service or I have one bar or I have two bars. This is 2021, almost 2022. There should be no place, maybe Antarctica, or maybe the far reaches uh, of the North pole, but there should be no other places on earth where you don't have cell coverage. And sometimes I have a deb- dead spot sitting on my couch. Uh, <laughs> are, are people frustrated by this to the point where they're going, what's going on? We should have this stuff.
0: Well, I we're certainly spoiled, uh, spoiled, but i tell you what, my dead spot is on my chair. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I think the answer is yes.
2: It's on your chair when you're sitting on it. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> no, I had to move. I fall asleep in okay. the other one. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think we are spoiled on this. Um, I can, I mean, I can tell you just from my my computer. You know, we have to, of course, because of you know all the threats that are out there. You know, by the new computer with all the double secret stuff and encryption, all that kind of crap. So we get that and that computer. You turn a switch on, and, and Tom, it's instant on. And I get frustrated then when I take out my old computer that I have at home and I turn it on and I have to wait for the hard disk to spin to load the computer. I'm like, Jesus, what's wrong with this thing? And I try to push buttons to make it go faster. Yeah. And it's like pushing the elevator buttons to make it oh, go yeah.
2: faster. Yeah. Yeah,
0: we're yeah, we're and we're talking a difference of, of thirty seconds, ninety seconds at most. And it's so I think we're we're that spoiled. You know, I've, i I kind of crack up myself.
2: Whoa, we've really got a hum on the line here. I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a break here. And I will call you back and we'll try to get no birth, no death, no change of bodies coast to coast. AM you're just there forever Forever, 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 from WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch joining us on location today. Let's see if we have the, uh, have the technology gods appeased here. Are you there, sir? Hello, hello. Hello. There he is. We are here. What do you know? Uh, we're back, and uh, boy, we're te- we're, ta- we're talking about technology, and then all of a sudden, we <laughs> get this huge crazy. huge hum on the line like uh, somebody was listening in on our conversation. And I'm not talking about the radio listeners, if you know what I mean.
0: That's right. So we're looking for the black video van outside of the... Uh... <laughs> Out here, hello, um, hi. Yeah. Every seventies, um,
2: every seventies movie always had a white panel van or a black panel van sitting outside your house. You, you had to know that the government was listening to you at that point, right?
0: Well, not only that, but there were fourteen guys coming in and out of the boxes of <laughs> yeah. donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. To do this. Right, right. So the technology. You're asking the question and saying, "Are we getting really impatient?" And I think, I think the answer is yes. I said, "Not only are we uh, getting impatient because of technology, but..." We're looking around, we want all of our stuff right away, and I think uh, Americans are are really that way. So I know that, uh, um, uh, you know, I have have friends in Africa, folks, and I know I talk about it, and it's been one of the funnest things I've done is uh, having friends there. We would be there, and I'd have people come up to me and say, In America, is it really true that your cell phones work almost everywhere? I said, (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, Oh, really? They're just ecstatic about that. Um uh and then when they found out we could actually use our cell phones there over the internet, I was like this is great because I could be sitting in literally, folks, in the middle of no place and if they had Wi Fi to the satellite, if I could log in, I could call back home if I needed to or send a text back to my office and something. This is great. And that was the course of a couple of years. But they were excited because the cell phones actually worked everywhere. Um, well, except for, you know, my place and yet you know, one spot in your house, and <laughs> my place up right. north you know, by muckbox. Muck. But yeah. But I think we're getting patient with that technology. And so going back to our original conversation then with the electric vehicles is that um, I think the electric vehicle marketplace are building a lot of electrical vehicles, but they're not building it with the mindset of saying, okay, how do we make sure we have this infrastructure laid out? It's, it's not there. The government can say we're going to put out as, as many charging stations as we want to. But unless you got the wires in the ground, the infrastructure and the power source to be able to get there, I don't think it's going to be able to get done. And that's why I think letting the private sector do that. Uh, maybe it'd be the better option. And how I come to find this, Tom, is uh, we're going to start working on building our, our place up north that we've been planning for years. Not that I plan on retiring, but I think I'd like to spend a few more days up north than I would uh, down here. And as part of it, I thought, well, um, if Merle does get a electric vehicle, say like a Tesla or something like this, again, folks, I'm not opposed to it. Um, what do I need to have? And do I want to simply build that into the build right away and have that sort of power sitting in the garage to fire up the car, and uh, do I want to make 60-degree ropes? I mean, so I'm going through all this stuff in my mind and asking. So that's where I found out, Holy cow! County, 480 volts um, into your garage. Um, who's going to be able to do that downtown New York, downtown Boston, uh, downtown, um, uh, you know, wherever, oh, wait, Chicago?
2: But there are, there are electric vehicles on the road right now that you can just plug into a regular outlet in your garage, right?
0: No doubt about that. But, Tom, if it's sitting on your, you know, if you don't have any parking spot and sitting on the street, how do you do that? You know what I mean? So there's a difficulty that has to become, and if it's, you know, in the blocks I had when I lived in Milwaukee, you know, there's no place to, to park except on the street, and every spot going all the way down both sides of the streets have a car sitting, so we were running extension cords out. So there's a certain amount of infrastructure type of issue, and I think if we're buying a car, we're thinking that that's going to happen immediately, and I think this is where the commentary, or the, uh, the anchor, if you will, uh from CNBC, and i can see his face i can't think of his name um, where he's talking about and a reason he was going to get rid of his uh, mustang ev which he said he loved um uh so i think we got some issues we have to do and so that's where i think that full evs may not be the solution i think it might be a step but i don't think it's the solution at this point in time i'm still a big fan of uh, of hydrogen i think that's going to be the winner
2: one of those uh, transportation stories that came out last week again was Harley Davidson uh, splitting their live wire electric motorcycle uh, mm-hmm. project, project from the rest of the company. I guess talk a little bit about why they would do that. What's the pro and the con of, of separating live wire from regular Harley Davidson?
0: Well, the, the live wire is pretty cool as far as I've never ridden one. I've seen of them a few times, and I think they've got some really cool stuff there. Uh, now, something like that to me, makes a lot of sense, especially if you're a commuter going in and out. I mean, it it just makes a lot of sense. That's something you can actually pull up in between your houses, for example, and plug it in a PD, too. So I think that takes it a step beyond. Uh, But I think that having the live wire electric bike isn't consistent with the um, stereotype or the branding of Harley-Davidson. And I think that's the reason that they might have spun it off into a separate company. I haven't read that, but that seems to make the sense.
2: Well, they seem to be uh, aiming the live wire electric motorcycles at a younger audience than yeah, you know, yeah. Har- Harley Davidson's audience. Let's face it; uh, their their customer base has
0: aged over the years. I would um, imagine. IR one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so so I think that uh, it's a good move in what they're doing. Uh, they still put the the research and the branding into it. They still continue to. Uh, receive accolades from the stock and the investment they put in. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea and they've really done some cool design and some cool work with, uh, uh, with that. So, um, with the, with it, uh, um, it's, it's interesting, um, and really cool with the software, the development they've done. The things I joke with my friends is, is uh, my friends who have Harley said, do they have an earpiece that would hit the throttle? It sounds like a Harley. (laughs) So, you know, they have some sort of thing, like an app that goes in your phone. So I was teasing my friends about that, but, uh, um, but I think this split up because it's not consistent with the uh, the user base of Harley Davidson um, having the electric motorcycle or bike. But I think it's pretty good. Um, You'll need um, the. I uh, just saw. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. I just saw somebody um, on a scooter that had uh, wheels that had to be eight or ten inches around um, in the snow the other day. Um, he's driving through the snow that we had when we had that some six or eight inches of snow um, before we had spring last Wednesday. Okay, and as a template humor. Yeah. Um, uh, he's going through the snow with this and uh, it had uh, big tires and he's on the scooter going up and down the blocks and and I hope it's going where he wants an electric scooter of that nature Um, pretty interesting that they'd have that going in the winter but then again I was impressed that it actually did that so maybe that's another direction we see uh, uh, the electric motorcycle that you can actually still use it in the snow all right,
2: 715-845-2155, the number to call here if you have a question for Merle. When we come back, I've got an article from CNBC. The headline is, Your Financial Wrap-Up, Four Savvy Money Moves to Make Before Year's End. And no one is as savvy around here as Merle Kelch, and I will run these. Well, <laughs>
0: I, I appreciate you noticing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll
2: get Merle's take on the program. One of the first ways you should probably work on your portfolio or getting your retirement planning uh, in place is to max out your retirement plan contributions in your yep. 401k or your otherwise, your workplace retirement savings plan. And they also talk about having an additional pay period for 2021 27 weeks instead of 26. If you're paid bi weekly some employees will get three paychecks this month. That's another opportunity to add more money to your 401k. I'll have to
0: knock this down and make it twice a month. Now employees at my office, because that just seems like it's way too much overpayment. (laughs) Uh,
2: For the importance of 401ks for almost everyone at this point in time, right? I mean, do most employees have them? Uh, And if not, what do you do instead of a 401k?
0: Well, if you don't have a 401k at work, you you have to put money instead of an IRA or or a Roth IRA. Um, You just have to continue to have those contributions going inside of your plans, uh, no matter what. Um, uh, if you have a 401k, put the money in there, uh, just, just put it in simply because, uh, you're going to need to have that money coming up. Social security is not going to cover all of your bills. There's an interesting thing that happens, Tom, in that, um, the further you get out, uh, from a urban area, such as a city, say Milwaukee or Madison or something of like that, the further out you get, the more and more, um, Social Security is accepted as the only retirement plan that people are going to have, with exceptions of small savings. One is that it's just less expensive to, uh, to live in the country than versus the city. Um, but um, I don't know if it's because the incomes were not high enough for people to put the money away or not. Uh, it could be an interesting uh, conversation or study to have. Um, but uh, generally, you have to have some money over and above what Social Security is going to pay you. Um, else, you're going to have to continue to keep working until 67 or 68 versus retiring at 62. So, um, it is important to start putting that money away early enough. And I've used the uh, example on this program before. Um, we have uh, uh, daughters, and they uh, graduated as nurses, and so I told them right away that you have to put the max on inside of your 401k. Those are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one list say the, and the other one was.
2: You didn't say the rules according to who though.
0: No, I just said those are the rules. Okay, so one of them actually did that, and the other one said, ah, "I think you're full of it." And uh, what's interesting is the one who listened—I don't know—she if she still can be putting in the maximum, but um, she's got some money now. And so the other one is, you know, finally kind of figured it out. But uh, um, I thought that was humorous. So I just—you have to put the maximum, in those are the rules. I just leave it at that. And I recommend all of you listening to tell your grandchildren, your children, the same thing. Those are the rules because you're broke the year before when you're in school, and so how would you do any different now? If you have a job. So well, we'll see how that works, but, you know, tell your kids some, see how
2: that goes. One of the other things they talk about is making Roth conversions now, uh, converting your IRAs uh, into Roth IRAs. And uh, it says that uh, you can make a regular IRA contribution up to 6,000 for 2021 or 7,000 mm-hmm. if you're 50-year-old or older, right up until your tax filing due date next April, but that doesn't apply to a Roth conversion. And they're saying Correct. you've got to get that done by the end of the year. Is there still time to do that?
0: Um it's getting tight, but you can. Um, we're working on a few right now that we had to get done um, just because the math screw-ups that occurred. Uh, uh, but we're getting a few done, but you still have the ability to do it. As long as that conversion is done and the money is transferred by the 30th, it's um, generally going to be fine. Now, that means that doesn't mean you sign the paperwork on the 28th and expect it to be done. It um, really should be completed up uh, this next week, otherwise it may not get done. Not to have that conversion completed, but one of the best things to do in these is to, uh, for everybody listening, if you want to do a conversion from your IRA, taxes have to be paid and it goes into a Roth IRA. Um, the one thing you have to do is talk with your accountant and see how much room you have before you're jumping into another tax bracket. Um, why do that? But we'll have a lot of people that'll talk to their accountant this time of the year and say, "Well, here's where my income's going to be. How much before I jump to the next tax bracket?" And they'll say, "Well, you got about 5000 and we will go soon do a conversion from an IRA to a Roth IRA.
2: Is that the only um, reason to do it, to pay uh, the taxes at your current rate? Is that the reason, main reason well, to do
0: it? Well, you hopefully want to pay it at a lower rate, but now it grows tax-free indefinitely for the rest of your life. Yeah. So so we have some clients that uh, years and years ago, uh, we did some conversions on some Roth IRA just systematically, same thing we're talking now. And now they're getting ready to go for retirement, and they have got some $350,000 sitting there inside of an account that's going to never have any income taxes paid on it ever again. Um, and, uh, that's just huge when you come ready for retirement. Now you have the ability to plan your income. If you want to take some money out of an IRA, you can still take it out. If you all of a sudden you need to have a big purchase, it's not going to disrupt your tax planning for the year where you can pull some money from the Roth IRA. So when you have a big tax free pot of cash sitting there growing with the marketplace, um, you don't have to worry about the taxes. It's just a huge advantage on,
1: on doing some planning.
2: The next one I know you're going to love, it's aimed at the people who uh, are investing in cryptocurrency and it says avoid the crypto tax bite. If proposed tax changes in the Build Back Better plan are passed, crypto investors could be hit with the wash sale rule next year. That rule says if you sell an investment at a loss and buy back an asset that is the same or substantially identical within a 30 day period, you are not allowed to claim that loss. And uh, one financial planner says it would begin to apply to cryptocurrencies, foreign currencies, as well as commodities. So if you have positions in those investments that are currently at a loss, selling them and then buying them back shortly after can help you lock in those losses.
0: Um, you know, cryptocurrency is going to be a currency is going to having to follow the same rules of everybody else. And that's what's starting to occur. And we're seeing uh, a lot of cryptos, especially if we take a look at Bitcoin over the course of the last couple of months, are really having a lot of turbulence and dropping down value. Because now a lot of the advantages, such as you know, people were buying and selling and moving the money around, not paying any taxes at all, uh, now taxes are becoming an event and it's having to settle down into some regulation. Um, uh, and, and so I think the cryptocurrency marketplace is going to have a difficult time at this point in time, particularly Bitcoin. Now, folks, I do not have this article sitting up in front of me, but there was just a, uh, an article talking about Bitcoin and how it may not survive the cryptocurrency stuff that's going on, because there's just so many that are better that are out there right now. So uh, Bitcoin in itself, it takes a lot of energy to be able to, to run the program, and others are doing the same thing with customer service at less, uh, from an economic standpoint, to be able to mine the, the tokens and the coins. And that kind of thing. Do you have? Any- um, so saying Bitcoin may not uh, be the uh, uh, the one that's going to survive, but I think is
2: going to be around. Do you have any clients in your office that uh, are invested or heavily invested in cryptocurrency or do you slap their hands and not let them have any cookies from the
0: plate on the desk? We, we were... usually take them out back and we severely <laughs> flog them. No, uh, we have clients that have cryptocurrency. We just can't provide them. Um, our broker dealer doesn't like the fact that the cryptocurrency is, is working with a computer program only. Um, and so they don't want us to be buying or selling any cryptocurrency for a client. Now, I I agree with this because it's a computer program. We don't have enough information in there. I think cryptocurrency is here to stay. Um, I like the idea how we can use a cryptocurrency for transferring money from one place to another. But again, I I like to get some of that more regulation involved in it. Because um, we've said before, um, if I make a mistake or lose my password, I want to be able to have somebody get me a new password. As where there's so many people that have lost uh, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars with Bitcoin because they lost their password and there's no customer service to call to get a new one established. So um, we'll see, but we don't do any cryptocurrency in uh, our office at all.
2: The fourth thing they talk about is something that John Lim describes as a virtually risk-free investment. It says fight inflation with I-bonds. And it says, if you're worried about inflation, another move to make now is to consider buying I-bonds. These are inflation protected and nearly risk-free assets that are paying 7.12% through April. You can generally buy more than $10,000 a year, and you'll, make, uh, you'll need to make that purchase by December 31st. You could buy another 10000 early next year to still take advantage of the current rate. And they say it's a relatively safe option for your portfolio, although uh, keep in mind that I-bonds are not redeemable for the first year. So, Seven point one two percent for a bond—that sounds pretty good, and it's inflation. Sounds protected. fantastic. Why yeah. wouldn't you yeah. do? Yeah, why wouldn't you do that?
0: Um, you know, I bonds have been around for a long time, and uh, at one point in time, I actually uh, was first on them considerably, simply because we had a lot of people starting to buy them. And now this is going back twenty some years ago.
2: What's an I bond compared to a, a, a regular bond? What 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 makes? It uh, I knew
0: you were going to ask that <laughs> question, and this is really searching back and had... Somewhere in the middle here, the government's using some sort of a derivative that they're buying a component of it um, that's tied to inflation, okay? So so in here, the government does it says, we'll do this. We're going to take care of this from a component standpoint. Um, and so then when you put the money inside of here, you're going to make sure that you have your money plus the inflation component that goes along with it, yada, yada, so it becomes inflation protected. So these came out back in the Clinton administration, and a pretty good idea back then, but the unfortunate part then is that inflation came down. And so if you have an inflation that's at 2%, your i bonds almost have a negative rate of return. That's why we haven't heard so much from them for a long time. But they've been around for a long time, folks. So, the, you know, the difficulty in here, again, is the limitations that you had, and you can't put it in $10,000, that type of thing. Um, but, I mean, not, not bad. Um, there's a number of companies that set up a, uh, an index or an ETF uh, that will be full of i bonds, where you have the ability to have more flexibility going in and out. And they're a great place to be it's just that when inflation comes back again, um, they can have negative rates of returns. So are they riskless? Um, No, I think they're not because you have a negative rate of return inside of it, depending upon inflation or you're not getting money back or it's not getting, getting growth to it, but um, not a bad places for the government. We know that's not going to go broke because it just prints more money. All right. Sorry. You know, the
2: the human species has a way of, uh, of, putting things into small uh, portions and we like, we like to separate things into increments. And we talk about 365 days in a year. We talk about a 30-day month. We talk about all of these things. So what is the magic of January 1st when it comes to investing? What happens on December 31st that doesn't happen on January 2nd? What can you do on December 31st to affect your portfolio that you can't do on January 2nd, and you'd have to wait a whole nother year? Anything jump, um, to, jump to mind?
0: Boy, not to me. It's um, just
2: it's, it's just not, it's just an arbitrary thing. Yeah. When we talk about an, that,
0: if it's an open market, if you're looking at an open market portfolio, you can do anything you did on as long as the day well, the market is open, obviously. But you can do anything on on uh, December 30th that you can do on. Uh, January 2nd, I mean, there's, there's no difference on one to the other. The big thing that ends up happening, though, is it's simply the year end, so it becomes your measure. Um, uh, so much of the investment world measures at the end of quarters and at the end of years to say, how are we doing? Taxes measures at the end of the year, how are we doing? And so, so many people will take a picture of their portfolio on December 31st and they'll look at it and say, is there anything we can do to improve upon this portfolio throughout the course of the next year? One of the biggest ones is the capital gain distribution, for example. Uh, This year looks to be pretty heavy for capital gain distributions. And capital gain distributions could lead to additional taxes, even though you didn't put any money in your hand. Most mutual funds or portfolios reinvest in additional shares. So if you have a non-IRA mutual fund and you have a lot of capital gains, it could have an effect on whether or not you're going to um, qualify for benefits in the Affordable Health Care Act or Obamacare, if you will. Um, So so there's a lot of stuff that pops up with that. And we see all those numbers uh, typically at the end of the year by the time uh, December 31st comes around. So, for Dude, most of us, do most people that have,
2: because we, we, you've you've mentioned this a number of times on the program, don't most people who have a uh, pretty substantial portfolio, they're not part of the Affordable Care Act. I've always viewed the, the Affordable Care Act as for people on the you know the, the bottom of the economic scale who can't afford <laughs> yeah. regular insurance.
0: Um, no, I mean if your joint income is sixty three thousand, I think it's sixty four and some change now. Uh, pardon me for not knowing that exact number, folks, but if you're in that neighborhood, and that certainly doesn't make you a pauper if you're in that neighborhood. I think uh, I could probably live just fine at that. Um, and so, with it, then if you go over that, your whether your health insurance you're paying uh, two hundred or three hundred dollars per month, you're no longer getting that eleven or twelve thousand dollar credit, and all of a sudden you're paying a thousand dollars a month, just like this. I mean, it happens just at an instant. So a lot of people are watching that uh, more than you might believe and more people who have assets and a good net worth, they watch that because if you can save 11000 bucks a year or 10000 bucks a year, who would not want to do that if you just have to manipulate how your investments are uh, paying distributions to you? Um, so you can manipulate that and get that better rate. I think almost anybody would want to save 10000 bucks a year. I
2: think I'd like to see that reality show living like Merle on $60,000 a year. <laughs>
0: Um, I can live on 60,000 a year, but somebody else has got to pay the bill. I see.
2: Okay. All right. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU.
1: You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants
2: Brandon. That's Biden. Yeah, Biden. We'll help take the pressure off and give you a news update twice an hour.
0: Can you toss in a weather forecast, please? Sure, we'll do that, too. Oh,
2: thank you. So check in often. Uh, No pressure. On WSAU.
1: The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, Consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities investment advisory services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch and & Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only.
2: And we're back. I'm Tom King in the studio. Merle Kelch joining us on location. And you said you saw something you wanted to touch on here this morning.
0: I did want to touch upon something because it... Uh... It popped into my head something I've been thinking. And so an article by uh, Greg Robb says, Fed's uh, Williams thinks inflation can be stabilized without a recessionary period of time. And, and I, I looked at this, and so my first thought was, can? Oh, this is kind of interesting. So here's the reason I see this, folks. Um, you know, usually we go through this big macroeconomic cycle. And it usually happens every seven to nine years we go around. And it's not perfect, but we, we go from a growth economy we go to an inflationary economy, or a recessionary economy, and back to a growth economy, and how the Federal Reserve tends to help manipulate that to make inflation and recession as slow as possible—they move interest rates up and down. So, so that being the case, but the pandemic screwed everything up because we did stuff backwards. Typically, we have a growth economy, and as a result of a growth economy and it growing so uh, well, we tend to have more money, and it starts creating more inflationary pressures. Uh, people are going back to work, and if I want a new employee, i got to pay more money to come work for me. Um, and all that creates inflationary pressure. So then eventually, to slow the inflation down, uh, the Federal Reserve starts increasing interest rates to slow down inflation, which then tends to slow us up in a recessionary economy for a while. Then the Federal Reserve drops interest rates to try to fuel us back into a growth economy again. And that's typically what happens as it happens over you know, multiples of years. So, you know, we had predicted before uh, we knew who the president was going to be, Tom. I remember you and I talked about, and I said, I think the next president's going to inherit an inflationary, I'm sorry, recessionary economy, um, simply because it had been so long. Time was here. We were going along pretty good. Well, we didn't. We didn't get there. And so what did it have come? We don't know. Um, but we did inherit a, a pandemic. And so with a pandemic coming, what was the first thing we did? Well, uh, we dropped interest rates. So we could try to keep growth going, business going to a certain degree. So we dropped interest rates. Well, that was out of line because we didn't have any inflation at that point in time. We threw a whole bunch of cash into the marketplace to make sure people had money to still live and go to the store and that whole bit weren't shut down and things were shut off because we didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic. And so then we threw a whole bunch of uh, cash out there in the marketplace, which now created the interest rates. So now we have inflation that happened after we lowered interest rates, and now we have to increase interest rates to lower the inflation uh, while we're in an economy that's still growing. So, so we have to have some patience with what's going on. But what's happening is it's throwing uh, people like me into the marketplace. It's throwing us into a whipsaw uh, uh, because we're so used to how it should go on or how it's typically gone. And now it's just going different and backwards in that whole bit. And so um, the president of the New York uh, uh, Federal Reserve is John Williams. And he said he thinks we have the ability to, um, uh, to fix this without having us go into a recessionary economy. And I hope that that's the case. So at this point in time, a lot of projections are saying maybe we have a recessionary event starting to happen in 23. That's some of the articles we've been reading as of late. Um, I don't think there's anybody that's out there saying that we're uh, not going to have a growth economy throughout the course of 2022. And so I think the economy continues to expand and grow throughout the course of that. That's of my favorite economists and articles we're reading all over the place. It looks like 22 is going to happen. But... Hopefully we don't have one in 23, but we'll see what happens with the Federal Reserve, of course, speeding up their tapering, which means they're going to stop buying bonds from the open marketplace Uh, from June, now backing it up to, I'm sorry, bringing it forward to uh, March um, and uh, saying that we're probably going to have three interest rate hikes, of course, next year, bringing it up to probably uh, 0.75 from a federal funds rate. Uh, By the way, folks, that's still enormously stimulative and still should let the economy grow. And that's what uh, Federal Reserve President uh, John Williams is talking about um, in this article that he has. So hopefully we can get that done and make it work in that direction. And uh, we still continue to see sustained growth.
2: We had a number that came out this week in Wisconsin, unemployment number of 3%. It's the lowest uh, in decades. And um, mm-hmm. um, I guess we've talked in the past that a 3% unemployment rate, if you're talking about that nationally, that's almost what they would call "Quote unquote full employment." Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what is it? What do Wisconsin businesses do when they're still looking for workers and there are no workers to be had with unemployment as low as it is?
0: Um, you got to try to steal them from somebody else.
2: <laughs> that's that's yeah. the only option. Yeah. Uh, that's well, I guess the other option would be, and we've talked about this in, in the past on the program, fast tracking immigrants who want to become citizens and want to work uh, yeah. to come in and take these jobs because. Um, yeah, as you said, there are very few options when it comes to filling jobs when there are no workers.
0: You know, there, there's uh, there's lots of places and people that want to come in and work inside of America and have the American dream. And there's no reason that we uh, can't use them. We need the employees. Um, we need the people to continue to fund the growth of the economy. And but we just need to know who they are. I've, I've been a big fan of, of having immigrants come into the country. I just want to know the immigrants that uh, we know who they are. Uh, they've been vetted. They don't want to do anything to hurt the, the American dream or the American Academy and uh, that they're paying proper taxes on it. And so um, with it, we need a. I mean, we need to have uh, some of these people coming into it, um, you know, dirty jobs. Uh, we take a look at uh, that company or the, that show, uh, which of course is coming out with a, a new set of shows coming up. And uh, with it, um, nobody wants to do those jobs, but we still have to get them done. And uh, so we need people to, to do those. Um, as well as doing the uh, the jobs of manufacturing, and putting the screw inside of the widget. So we need to have all those jobs done, and we don't have enough bodies to do them. So we have to get them finished.
2: That's going to be it's an interesting in- interesting conundrum going forward. We'll see how that all shakes out. We're out of time yeah, for today. Indeed. We've got uh, we've got best of programs for the next two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. So we won't That's talk right. to you again until 2022. So you have and
0: a good uh, well, happy New Year. And if folks uh, want to Very get a hold of
2: you, how can they do that?
0: You can still call us at the office. Our office will always be uh, have people in it. Uh, locally, 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. So of course, find us online at kelchandassociates.com. All
2: right, talk to you again down the road. That's Merle right. Kelch, Kelch and Associates here in Wausau. We're coming up on 9 o'clock. The news is next. The polka shows are on the way, all right here on WSAU.